0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left. But again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters. Ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Brandy Stark. Hello and welcome
1: to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandi Stark, and for today's interview, we are talking with Wendy Van Depol, a certified end of life and pet loss grief coach. She has written two best best-selling books, including My Dog Is Dying, What Do I Do? and is ready to write and launch her third. She is here today to discuss what happens to our pets when they die and to offer tips on how to communicate with a pet that has passed over. And we'll start with that interview right after these messages
0: now time for something really scary a word from our sponsors paranormal pets will reappear before you can say bigfoot don't run away front paw sleeves and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Did you hear that? All commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back. Our guest today is Wendy
1: Van De Poel. Uh, How are you doing today? I'm great, Brandy. How are you? We are doing okay. Now, I've always found this to be a fascinating field, particularly pet loss and dealing with the certified end-of-life aspects and issues. How did you get started in this particular profession?
2: Okay, it's really quite a little bit of a windy road. I was a wolf biologist many, many years ago, and... I handled wolves in the wild and and tracked them and all that wonderful stuff, you know, that you get to do as a wolf biologist. And I always had a connection with them. And I would oftentimes, because I'm an animal communicator, start getting messages from them. And one of those messages was that for me to be a translator and to help with sadness and with the perils of wildlife. I then, after uh, many years of doing that, I decided, you know, I I personally couldn't handle that anymore, so I decided to become a massage therapist for dogs and horses. And that's basically when it began, because the people that were drawn to me were people that had pets that were in hospice. They wanted mm-hmm. to do something nice for their animals. So my job was to not only give them a massage or energy work, but, you know, to help with the grief. And because I've been an animal communicator for my, basically my entire life, Uh, I was getting messages from them and just affirmations that it was, you know, this is the work that I was supposed to be doing. So that's basically how it worked as far as getting in, really, really diving in and becoming a certified end-of-life and pet loss grief coach and Mm -hmm. an animal medium. That's the work I've been put on this planet to do, to help people and to help pets. That's absolutely
1: fascinating. And I I think it's interesting that you went from biologist you know, kind of from one end to the other, even though they're very much connected that's really quite fascinating. I do know that sometimes science will frown on these things, but I myself am a professor of religion and humanities, which tends Mm -hmm. to be a little bit of a different uh, point of view. But the more I see of things, the more interconnected they really become. They are. I mean, it's the art of science, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. That's absolutely it. I agree with you 100%. Yes. So you have written three books, which we'll talk about a little bit more after the next break. But we beforehand kind of discussed, a few ideas on topics and one thing that came up was the idea or the question what happens to our pets when they die? Uh, And that's a pretty complicated question to to toss out there, but what can you tell us?
2: Okay, it's a really common question concerning uh, people when they lose their pet and what happens to them. They move basically they move to a spiritual energy or and they exist as a soul spirit They don't have any pain, they don't have any sickness, there's no fear. This is a really cool time when they fully emerge into that spirit world where people can start making connection with them. Take up the two weeks for them to fully transition into that world, into that afterlife. And then the conversation can begin. It's really quite profound and wonderful. The thing is that I don't believe in <laughs> is the yes. Rainbow Bridge. And we hear that a lot. And it, I know it offers a lot of comfort for people. Yes. The mm-hmm. conversations that I have had with countless thousands of animals, both wild animals, insects, pets, they really don't like that concept of the Rainbow Bridge. They feel mm-hmm. it's a hold, it's holding. It's a holding. It holds them back. Part of death yes. it gives is that it gives life. When we ask our our animals to stay near the bridge and wait for us, they've got mm-hmm. work to do. So the last thing we want to do is ask them to wait for us. Mm-hmm. They are going to come back, believe it. You know, in the afterlife, if you still have work to do with them, and you when you when we die, they will be there. But they're doing a job still in the afterlife. It's very important. And that's that's what I find really fascinating. You know,
1: I've studied um, multiple cultures and different ideas. And one thing that I do tend to find, particularly working with paranormal pets and, and this podcast, is the notion of animals being reborn. And there are times, admittedly, where I've had a pet where I'm pretty sure they've come back, you know, a couple pets oh, later. Yes. And it's, it's yes. pretty amazing. Yes.
2: It's very um, amazing, very amazing. And, and that's, that's interesting. It's also explainable, too, Brandy, because when we are ready to be born as humans, we mm-hmm. put out to the universe that we want help. We need help with certain things that we want to become better at. So that could mm-hmm. be financial, it could be love, it could be self-love, it could be all those great things that us humans need to learn. So our animals that come into our lives, they we made a, you know, a promise with them before we were born. And, and they said to us, okay, I'll, you know, oh, I hear your call, I'll help you. Will you help me with this? So it's, it's a marriage, so to speak. So, like you say, when they're reborn, it could be very, very probable that they are coming back because that promise, that contract, that mission in your life was not complete, and so they're coming back to help.
1: That's absolutely fascinating, too. I continuously, you know, I will tell students that some of the best things I've ever learned are from my pets, and okay. I have pet rats, and people recoil with this idea of pet rats, but I, I have to oh, explain no. that, and I have pugs, as you can hear, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> I love that. It's an animal show. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and they are, they're always there. There's not much I can do today to calm them down, I'm but really. uh, they are their own personalities, so we got to uh-huh. go with it. That's a pug. But I do try to tell folks that one thing that the rats have taught me, and folks are are reviled sometimes by rats, but they live very much in the moment. They are very happy, very happy creatures. I mean, they're curious. They don't really ever seem to be down. It's just an absolutely amazing thing to kind of see how it all works. And I I think it's a really valuable thing. Their lives are much shorter than ours, but they really enjoy what they do. And I'm like, that's that's awesome. That's my goal now.
2: Awesome. I love that. That's great, Brandy. I love it. <laughs> and we're going to get there. So Good. the
1: next question we had with this, why did my dog or cat behave the way it did before it crossed over? So I know animal behavior can become a little more enigmatic towards the end. What what do you advise or what
2: do you say to folks when they ask that? Basically be there. <laughs> be present for your pet because their energy is transitioning and this is the time where pet grief can be really really triggered. In the person. Mm-hmm. And in the form of panic, not knowing what to do, being chaotic. In my first book, I help people and I help my clients all the time with this is, you know, have a plan. Be prepared mm-hmm. so that when this time comes, you know what to expect. You know they're partly in the physical. You know they're making a transition into the spiritual and how it's not really about you anymore. It's about them mm-hmm. and how to make them more
1: comfortable. You mentioned your first book. What was that? My dog is dying. What do
2: I do? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was your second? My second is my dog has died. What do I do? And okay. It's, yeah. It's very. They're both very different because it's both a very different process, and they go along That's with the courses neat. that I offer for people in whether they're <gasps> okay. The they're, yeah. So. That's awesome.
1: And I know kind of towards the end, we're going to do a little sample of some of that material. And um, I think that's pretty neat. Question three, <laughs> does my pet that passed have a special message for me? And I think, you know, when folks email me and they'll tell me their stories about their pets, oh. that's another question that comes up.
2: Yes. Yes. It's a, again, it's another very common question. And the answer is totally capital letters. Yes. So when your pet dies, no matter what it is, snake, a bird, goldfish, you can Mm -hmm. still contact them and they do want contact with you for many years. My own personal, I have all my dogs, all my birds still contact Mm -hmm. me and I have some that contact me every single day. I have some that contact me maybe every three years or so. This is the cool thing is because death does give life, this is life with your pet in a different way. It might not be physical, but your mm. spiritual life is deeper, and the relationship that you have with them is very, very different, but extremely profound. So you can still learn from them, you can still talk to them, uh, you can still receive messages from them. And oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's You know, there, it's, the possibilities are endless. And it's interesting.
1: On uh, Monday, I went to see The Secret Life of Pets, and it's a very different movie. Uh, yeah, they I had, had a pug yet. in it, so I'm obligated to go and see it because of the pug. But I like it because it kind of parallels a little bit about what you're saying too. Now, there's not really a pet death necessarily in this. Not necessarily not a pet death. So, right, <laughs> But right. it yes. talks about how everybody interacts with their animals, and it does show the goldfish and the bird and the guinea pig mm-hmm. and the cat mm-hmm. and the dog. You know, and how people, you know, how they they have personality and how they add depth yeah, to the lives right. of their humans, yeah. which I think yeah. is the value. Of that movie. And it's just yeah. really interesting that, you know, that continues on even after death, that they continue to add that depth to us.
2: Yes, yeah. Because death, I mean, as you probably know, we as a society, we, we've been brought up with some pretty strange views of death, of being one afraid of it, and you know, mm-hmm. if we can even catch it. It's like a disease if we talk about it. But it really is an opportunity to learn some very things about ourselves as human beings in the process I mean it's, it's a natural thing mm-hmm. that's actually quite yeah. true uh, and I mean, one
1: of the, the biggest issues right now is that we've made death very clinical yes. so that's it's a very modern phenomenon for humans and so I, mm-hmm. I don't think we know how to deal with death. And again, I think that's where the animals come in because the unfortunate yeah. or the fortunate depending, yeah. but their yeah. right. lifespans yeah. are just so different that, mm-hmm. you know, we are forced to to deal with this. Right. What makes me right. very sad are the people that say, well, I can't handle it. The grief was, was just too much yes. and I can't get another pet. And I always think, you know, there are so many personalities and for all that love and happiness they gave you for a moment of grief, you're yes. going to stop. It, this doesn't right. make sense to me, you
2: know. Yeah. And there's so many that are need. Yeah, that's considered part of the grieving process. You know, some people get stuck there, and that's okay. That's their, you know, that's their journey in life. But that is part of, the, you know, the grieving process of not moving through that pain and that hurt. So, you know, it's, it's, that's one thing that I like to help my clients with is just, you know, look at how large your heart is. <laughs> you know, there's room, and um, that's right. your your grief is normal. It's okay. By getting another, because the other part of that is people don't want to get another pet because if they feel like they're like having an affair on the pet that died, mm-hmm. you know that they're not being true, true. to that mm-hmm. pet, um, which is all normal, which is all normal to have those feelings.
1: With those feelings, will the animal come back? Does the animal's spirit return to live with the individual
2: again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can and they do, but they always come back as an animal. Animal, as far as what I have been taught by spirit, is that animals mm-hmm. don't reincarnate as humans. Parts well, that's of their, interesting. yeah. So parts of their personality. So like when somebody says, "I know my new husband is my black lab that I had as a kid." <clears throat> Here's the part of that what I mentioned before is you made a promise to you know you asked the spirit world when you were born to help you out, and this black lab came to you <laughs> to help you. <clears throat> well, the black lab had passed, but you didn't learn total self love. So you get a new husband or new partner, whatever, and you know that Black Lab is your husband. <laughs> but <laughs> it really is that promise. It's that promise that you made that you asked the universe to help you with. So it's part of that okay. personality. That's a, that's what I have been taught. I'm not saying that's right, but as far as... That's what, interesting, what, though. Yeah, communicating with my spirit guides and my animal communication team. Mm-hmm. Animals really don't want to come back as humans, even though we are animals. They're they are very happy, dogs are very happy coming back as lions, and lions are very happy coming back as giraffes <laughs> so.
1: and it's It's kind of interesting too, because I think one appeal appealing nature of an animal is that they certainly seem a little less encumbered than humans do i mean oh, we uh, we drag around a lot of stuff with us, and animals just go with it so yeah, I think that that my I personally you know I think I want to come back as a pug, but I know. Um, <laughs> you know. It's an interesting thought, you know, you know, I'd be loved just for sleeping and eating and being a companion all day. And <laughs> that's right. brilliant, right? Sure. You know, it's, it's fun. And the last question, and then we'll take a quick break, but does my animal friend know that they're going to die? Animal cognition, the ability of self-awareness and self-determination is something that I try to, to promote through this podcast. And that would indicate that they know that they're going to die. But is that your experience? Yes, that's my experience.
2: Yeah, I oftentimes, especially working with pet hospice and animals, you know, I've worked with animals for months that are, have terminal illness. And, you know, they tell me all the time, this is the divine plan. This is, you know, I know I was going to die of cancer. And i this is, you know, I knew I was going to die at the age of nine. And they're so fine, t- animals are so fine-tuned and they're highly evolved beings. They're so much more evolved than we are and because you know and they here to teach us to be better humans so they're okay with death that's, they don't have that same like, they're in the moment they're, they're okay with it and when they die it means that their work with us with their people is complete and they taught, mm-hmm. them, taught us what we need to know and and uh, it's time for them to move on wow. but again, but again <laughs> well, they had something to say that, about that <laughs> absolutely (laughs) they're (laughs) reminding
1: us that it's time for a quick commercial break in fact Uh. (laughs) then when we get back we'll talk a little bit more about your books and uh we'll we'll talk about those three questions and see what folks can do with them so we'll be right back after these messages
0: now time for something really scary a word from our sponsors Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say, Bigfoot, don't run away.
1: So when we brought him home, we didn't realize that Bear the rescue dog was actually sick. He had very flaky skin. He was dropping a lot of fur and LeVette wanted to do steroid injections, special dog food. Nothing seemed to work. So I've been hearing Dynovite on the radio for years.
0: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000.
1: It never actually crossed my mind to try it until I was just at a dead end. And then it finally sunk in. Oh, you're talking about hair and skin. And all right, <laughs> I'll try it. Well, it took probably six weeks. But after we started using Dynovite, no more flaky skin. He doesn't scratch and itch. And he started to put weight on it. <laughs> It was awesome. He makes us feel like we saved him. Every rescue dog in America deserves Dynavite for 90 days. I wish that we would have started the Dynavite right away. It would have been so much easier.
0: 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Are you having trouble getting the word out about your new pet product or invention? Let WhiteGate PR open the gate to your marketing and public relations efforts. We've been specializing in public relations in the pet industry for over a decade. From press releases to media relations and publicity to pet trade shows and launch events to social media, the pet-friendly team at WhiteGate PR has you covered. If you listen to the wise words of Bill Gates, he says, If I had $1 left, I'd spend it on PR. Learn more at WhiteGatePR.com. Let's Talk Pets.
2: Let's Talk Pets. On
0: Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Did you hear that? All commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back. With our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandi Stark.
1: And welcome back. We are working with Wendy Van DePole about animal communication, animal death, animal awareness, animal missions. And tell us a little bit, you mentioned your two books. You've just published a third. Can you tell us a little more about those?
2: Sure. I have uh, two books right now. They're both bestsellers. One is My Dog is Dying, What Do I Do? Making decisions and emotions and healing the trauma. And mm-hmm. that is, yeah. that particular book is for people that get the news. You're in the vet's office. The vet comes in and says, I have bad news. Your dog is going to die. Mm-hmm. And you maybe have a week or a month, you know, a month. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a book that goes along with my course that I offer. And it's basically your first aid kit, your emergency first aid kit to how to navigate that really, really chaotic time. It talks about what is grief, that grief is okay, how to find help with your grief, what are the stages, what are, what you can expect, how to take care of yourself, how to take <coughs> care of the, your dog. The second one is my dog has died, what do I do? And that's obviously after the dog has died. And so what kind of decisions that you have to make and, and what to expect from people around you. And it talks about how to take care of the body, pet funerals, um, memorial services, euthanize, do, you, do you, you know when to euthanize? Um, how to heal? You know, writing love letters. I'm very big on having people write letters to their their pets. It's such mm-hmm. a healing thing. And mm-hmm. it's, both books are extremely my goal. And that one also goes along with a course too. But my goal for my books is for people to be able to. Find a friend because, mm-hmm. let's face it, pet loss, even though we love our pets, pet loss, a lot of people don't understand it. And there's so many myths that are around it and there's so many expectations and people often feel very alone and feeling like they're going crazy. And my, my goal with these books is, is helping people to know that, one, they're not going crazy, two, they have a support system, and three, how to navigate the journey. Of getting the news and then dealing with it when the dog has died. Mm-hmm. I'm writing it also. My third one's not for the cat people, and my fourth one's for the cat yeah. people. And then I Excellent. have yeah, and then next year I'll be writing uh, two more books. I, I mean, that's based. I love writing and I love coaching. So um, that's great. I'm always, yeah, I'm always writing. So, but my goal is to normalize death, normalize grief, and to allow people. To feel okay that they are going to cry, be angry, maybe not eat for a couple of days, uh, just knowing what to expect. And knowing, know that just because you're a, having a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden your grief is triggered and you start to cry uncontrollably, you know that you're not going crazy. It's just part of hmm. You know, it's important. Our society has taken us away, I believe, to allow us to be humans. Humans, part of being human is grieving, grieving and mourning. You know, I've even seen the, the trend change with, with human death. You know, we're getting away from funerals and memorials, and people are rushing through them or not doing them. And, you know, it's important to have some kind of ritual for mm-hmm. that closure.
1: And, and it's a—it's almost a universal, in fact, it is yeah. a universal element that religion plays a role in, because it does allow the living both closure, but it also allows the deceased, right. oh, there they go, uh, it also allows the deceased, <laughs> they love these topics, to right. know that they have passed on, that they are missed, but that it's also time to go, <laughs> which is right, kind of an right, interesting right, mixture right. of elements. Right. Now, I believe this is from your second book. I just have a couple of paragraphs but uh, leading down to the questions, but you note that connecting with your dog in the afterlife is a healthy way to cope with your grief. Listening to what your dog has to say in spirit form will increase your forever bond in a new way. The journey with the loss of your dog is unique to you and your dog. Although your dog is now in spirit form, they are still reachable. You can do this on your own or with the help of an animal medium. And then you give three contemplation questions, which I thought we might go through, and give folks a little bit of an idea of what your books are about. But the idea is that we can reach our pets in the afterlife, and these questions address how we do that, correct? Mm -hmm. Right. All right. So the first one is, what are your experiences of sensing your
2: dog's presence? Yeah. Yeah. So, how would people work with that question? Yes, when I'm working with people, whether they're doing coaching with me for pet loss, or they're learning how to become an animal medium, sensing your dog or your cat or your snake or your horse, whatever pet was near and dear to you, there are people will sense their pet's presence in different ways. By learning, I always like to help people and to encourage people to number one learn about what you're trusting your intuition and not questioning okay. what you're sensing so somebody might call me and say oh my gosh I'm having these really crazy crazy sightings I see my horse running in front of my kitchen window and I'm doing the dishes or I hear my dog barking or I can smell my cat you know <laughs> Those are all ways that sensing your pet's presence is something that's working. Those are the connections, especially in those first two weeks of okay. transition. Is They'll be coming quite often and preparing you in ways to be able to sense when they want to make contact with you. Okay. And then
1: I take it that ties into question two. Have you ever had any dreams of your dog? And what do you think is the message your dog wants to share with you through the dream?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those happen in my experience. And this is, again, I'm going to just generalize this. That happens more as the time gets longer and people, you know, maybe a month after the pet has died or a year or even 10 years. And I'll share with you a story I had with, I had one of my first dogs. We had an interesting relationship. She was a very strong willed dog, and I know she was in my life to train me to be stronger in my mm-hmm. own choices. She came to mm-hmm. me about oh, eight years ago when I was having a difficult time in my life with a dream that was very disturbing that she was, all oh, she had become a watchdog behind a fence and couldn't get out, and she was asking me for help, and she's one of my dogs that does not really talk to me a whole lot, and when she does, mm-hmm. you know, you sit up and listen, and that was It was interesting because it was a time in my life that I was in a situation where I felt trapped and I couldn't get out. Mm. And so I listened to that dream. And, I, and people, again, that I work with and help, they'll express their dreams and we explore those dreams and to see where they are in their life and what is the animal trying to tell them. It could be as simple, too, as I just need to talk to you. It doesn't always have to be a life lesson. It could just be, you know, this, it's time that we we talk again.
1: Interesting, and it's, as a paranormalist myself, one of the oldest manifestations of ghosts is actually in the dream state. I mean, this goes Mm -hmm. back to the Epic of Gilgamesh and and even Homer uh, with Achilles and Patroclus. So, it is kind of an interesting idea, and I've often told folks that you know, if ghosts and entities and those that have passed on, spirits are indeed altered states of consciousness, then it makes absolute sense that they would contact us when we're in an altered state of consciousness. Exactly. Exactly. And then, I mean, it's more logical than you think, but I know uh, it's
2: so logical,
1: <laughs> so scientific, uh, yeah, isn't is it? Natural world. Once you get it, it's not that bad. It <laughs> so, isn't. I know, right? It's, just, it's normal. <laughs> it's just that great mystery until then, right? Right. Uh, and <laughs> the last question that we have: How are you still spiritually connected to your dog? So, how would people work with that question?
2: Yeah, that's a fun one, and it's fun to explore that and. I'm thinking of one person in particular. She was devastated, absolutely devastated when her dog died. And it was very, her grief was so deep and so impenetrable. And it took her a long, 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 long time to process it, which was fine. Everybody does it in different time time Mm slots. And as we worked together and explored, she started to open up through her own animal mediumship abilities which she never knew she had because she one was afraid and two she was so stuck in grief that she wasn't open to receiving anything so mm-hmm. as she opened up she developed an amazing skill of a, to become an animal medium professional animal medium through her, the dog that she that died, and that she was so connected with it. That was she learned that that was her mission in life through the lessons that her dog was starting to give her as her her skills were opening up. Wow! Yeah, that's pretty it amazing. Comes, it's very amazing, and but it comes in all different ways. It could be you know people becoming more connected to nature. You know, you know, simple things. It doesn't have to be that grandiose. It could just be, you know, listening to one's own intuition, being more confident, being more secure in choices and that type of thing. Becoming a believer in paranormal and the afterlife. So it can come, it comes in very, very, very different ways for everybody because we're all individual. Well, this has been
1: uh, really a very fascinating interview. It's been a lot of fun as well, and I appreciate your patience working with some of these guys in the background here. Oh, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to give people an opportunity to, if they want to contact you or find out more about your books, you have a website, and are there other ways for them to contact you?
2: Yes, they can go to my website, which is centerforpetlossgrief.com, and there's a contact form there, so that's, that's probably the best way to contact me. I also have Facebook, which is Facebook.com, Center for Pet Lost Grief. And on my website, there, you know, there's information on how to connect with me on Twitter and, and all of that. I also have a free gift for people if people want to go to my website right there. Right, as soon as you get on my website, it's, it's very easy to find. And it's a meditation to help you through your grief, as well as 10 uh-huh. tips on how to navigate the silly things that people are going to say to you and how to survive uh-huh. those. That's fantastic.
1: You know, I know it's difficult. I, I've even had students, you know, come up to me and they missed a class because they had to put their pet down. And, oh, you know, yeah. I, they always seem a little timid and a little afraid of what I'm going to say. And I'm like, I'm a huge pet lover. I totally get it. But uh, I'm also a professor, so, you know, class got yeah, to right. be there. But, um, you know, I, I know that they've, you know, some of them have said, you know, people just think I'm so silly. And I, you know, I have to say, you know, it's not silly. I totally get it. You know, make sure you get the
2: notes. Yeah. <laughs> <So> exactly. Exactly. <it, laughs>
1: That's a very important and a very valuable tool. And I I appreciate that you're offering that to folks that, uh, that head to your website. So I want to thank you one more time for being on here. This was great. And uh, I do want to remind folks that uh, if you are out there and you're looking for a pet, please remember to support your local animal rescues. There are plenty of animals out there that are still looking for a home. I still am part of Pug Rescue of Florida and there's also Florida Rat Rescue, which I will always advocate for and With that, we are going to say happy hauntings,
0: and thank you for listening. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.